0: Hello, and thanks for downloading and listening to the Weekly Curio Podcast. This Weekly Curio Podcast is special. Very special. One, because it was a lost episode we had to re-record. That makes it only special for us, (laughs) because I feel dumb for losing, you know, in this day and age, I didn't back up files. But two, we're going to try a little theme this week. So we have a theme of magic, and thus doves, and thus flying, and thus, well, you'll kind of see, but it's themed. I'm the Whip Theater's Tom Britton.
1: And I'm College of Curiosity's Jeff Wagg.
0: And whether we lose the show or not, whether it's themed or not, yeah. we do always start the weekly Curio podcast with the first half
1: of our puzzle. This is a true puzzle. It has to do with magic. It's 1942, Decatur, Illinois. Men are off fighting wars, and women and children are in the theater with Harry Blackstone Sr., one of the world's greatest magicians. Someone whispers to Harry from the wings, Harry. There's a fire in the building next door. You have to get all the people out of here. But Harry knows that yelling fire in a crowded theater is a ticket to death. What does Harry do to completely evacuate the theater safely?
0: Magic's greatest secrets revealed. Okay, (laughs) magic's very specific, unusual secrets revealed. One little secret anyway. Bizarre specific secrets (laughs) how does lance burton train his doves we've all wondered it for a million
1: (laughs) years Jeff Wagg has the answer. Oh, well, I do. So I was just in Vegas, and I went and saw the Blue Man Group at Monte Carlo. And what people may not realize is that that theater was designed by Lance Burton. It has all kinds of secret passages and gigas and all this stuff. The Blue Man Group don't use any of it, unfortunately. But while I was sitting there, I remembered a story someone had told me. And this individual happened to be the dove trainer for Lance Burton.
0: That is the most specific job in the world.
1: Yeah. It, he was also a clown. Okay. You good. Know, so, you so, you know. Plan
0: B, I'm <laughs> going so to fall back on.
1: Glad he's using his degree. Yes. So he would, uh, this, you know, this this guy's job was to take care of the birds. I mean, obviously, if the theater's dark for a week, someone still has to take care of the birds. So he was the bird master. During the show, Lance Burton would produce doves out of nowhere, anywhere, out of a cloth. He'd take a dove and rip it in half and produce two doves. If you haven't seen
0: this act, if you go to YouTube, especially for international listeners, all 12 of you, uh, (laughs) Lance Burton, B-U-R-T-O-N, and then just classic dove act. He did it apparently for 15 years on the road, so he was on every little minor TV show. Then that 10 minutes, imagine spending your entire life honing 10 minutes of technical skill. Yes. You play the same two songs back to back. You play brown sugar, then satisfaction. <laughs> but that's all you do some nights are those two yeah. songs. Then you leave the stage. That's Lance Burton's life. Yeah. Doves. He, and it's how classic it is. Cigarettes. He does. He does uh, that too. Cigarettes gone. Yeah. It's back. It's done. It's gone it's back. Then he blows smoke and pulls doves out of the air. Now I am a vaudeville performer. I've worked with magicians, but I'm not a magician. So it's amazing for me to watch. At one point, my favorite part is, he has a dove. I don't remember where it came from. It poof. There's a dove, <laughs> right? Not that you see it, but like, was it out of his elbow or out of his pocket yeah, or he whatever. pulls it out of the I don't remember out of the cigarettes. <laughs> then he takes that dove and you got to see this on the video, rips it in half, but it clone, it's two doves now. There's no yeah. blood. It just poof, no two gore. doves. <laughs> and once you see that, you start to realize this 22 year old kid you're seeing on this YouTube video from a clip in the 80s. You go, oh, that, that's why he got to build his own theater.
1: Yeah, that was amazing. No, the guy, the guy was really good. And so the first secret of dove magic is why doves. Remember, watch me pull a rabbit out of that hat. Yeah. Have you ever actually seen anyone pull a rabbit out of a hat?
0: Bullwinkle, but then it was a yeah, race. Right. Nice. <laughs> he, hey, Rocky, what's he, you put a rabbit he, he, out of my hat? Never very successful. It. No, it never well,
1: worked. Rabbits aren't great uh, for magic because they try to get out. They fight, they bite, they scratch. They'd rather be singers. Yeah. They've yeah, got ambitions. You know, They've uh, got an album. I'm they don't want to stay with this. the show. <laughs> doves. <laughs> doves go to sleep. If you take a dove and put it in your pocket, it will go to sleep.
0: <laughs> do not do that. Do no, not do that at all. Or go ahead and do it. Unless I mean, you're a magician, yeah. don't
1: go around putting doves. <laughs> in your pocket but you know that's you a weirdo <laughs> it's the truth about doves they go to sleep uh they they will just relax quietly in a pocket or in a hat until you need them and then there's a that dove is really it.
0: handy yeah. like as a yeah i guess if you're gonna hide something i don't know under your arm again i don't yeah. know or in the hat i don't know how they actually do these tricks i think they're actually magic <laughs> i don't want to learn my friends who are on the show with me here are magicians occasionally i'll see it it'll spoil it i'll walk backstage yeah. and i'll see the girl crawling under the trap Ach, door can't say that, yeah. and then i go oh man because i don't know how it works right but i performed he's in vegas now kevin lapine hey buddy yep. uh doing a hypnosis show performed with him for nine years and he had two magic tricks he did in the show that i watched every night different angles backstage mm-hmm. left right uh maybe above once working on the lights never saw it. Yeah. So it's really fun. Yeah, I guess if you've got a dove squir- squirrel yep. away in your pocket, so to speak, yeah, it goes to sleep.
1: You're good for hours. And they're white. Just
0: don't sit down when you forget.
1: Yeah, no. And, the, you know, they're white so you're dressed up like a traditional uh, yeah, Ro- Robert good. Houdin uh, yeah. magician with the top hat and stuff and it's a nice white dove comes out. Now, that wasn't enough for Lance Burton. Yeah, okay, he ripped the doves in half and produced two. Woohoo! Not gonna build your own theater with that. Yeah, no. So what he did also was he'd let them go. And the doves would fly out over the audience in a figure eight pattern or, you know, they would do these things in the air that you're like, how's he ever going to get them back? But they would always come back. Every single show, these doves would do exactly the same thing. And then at the very end, they would fly into the wings, no pun intended, and he would continue with his show to, to great applause. Now, how do you train a dove to do that, you can't communicate with a dove and say, "Okay, go up in the air, fly a figure eight, and then do a loop de loop, and then go back onto the stage."
0: And it's not even like training a dog, no. or a, you know, even a cat. The brain of a dove is not an advanced
1: thing. No, it, 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 well, we'll get into that in a little bit. But imagine you let the dove go and say, "Okay, I want you to fly to the middle of the theater." There's no way you can correct it or give it any instructions. So here's how they do it. This is the secret. I'm not really revealing any magic here. What I'm revealing is animal training. (laughs) Animals like food, right? So uh, what you would do is you would feed the animals where you wanted them to go. So let's say their first stop in this grand tour of the theater was in the dead center of the theater. You'd set up food on a pole in the middle of the theater and have the birds fly there. And then you would do that for a week, you know, get them used to going there. And then you move the food a little further away, a little further down the path you want them to fly. And you keep doing that. And it could take six weeks to do that. But once you have a group of doves trained to do that, when you introduce new doves... They will follow the rest, but they
0: Oh, because they flock, duh. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So then you've got this this they almost train themselves. They're
0: under studies. You need right. one lead actor dove.
1: Now you're <laughs> doing this study dove. They're doing a figure eight, right? So what if you have a smart dove and dove's like, Well, I know the food's backstage, screw this, I'm just gonna fly backstage. Oh, he goes from point A to point D exactly. and doesn't do the actual trick. Well, you the food's covered. They don't get the food unless they've done the whole figure eight. So you know the answer is is you're in. They the sh- learn
0: that answer is wrong, right? So they just do whatever. I mean, their brain is not yep. so advanced to go any further than that.
1: No, they just know that if they do these things, they get food. Total B.F. Skinner box yeah. test. You know is exactly that. And what you don't see is the audience is that all day long these birds are training. You know that theater's not sitting there empty. It's being used to train the performers, to train the birds, uh, all kinds of stuff. So. Uh, it's still an amazing thing, uh, but it really isn't magic. It's uh, it's man's mastery over the animal world. Well, it's
0: exactly what you do if you want to do good theater. I know, as, as a yeah. juggler, as a sideshow performer, I, I spend a lifetime, say, learning to eat fire, which is something I do in my show but now i got to pick a costume i got to put on makeup Damn. i got to do lighting i got to do my stage my seating the air conditioning you can't have a place too warm shows are no right. good but i can't eat fire with the air conditioning kicking it puts <laughs> right. a variable in the fire or i could but i would have to adjust my act all of those have to be controlled so what this gentleman had done and his team is added an element. Okay, I've got these doves. What else could they do? Right. And I'll tell you right now, as amazing as ripping the dove in half for me might have been, I would have noticed the lighting, his costume, oh, his hair looks perfect, his makeup, his <laughs> dancers are all good. You yeah. know, I would start to notice that stuff these as a performer. Grenades. And I might have noticed, holy crap, those doves did a figure eight. And then on a musical cue, he summoned yeah. them back to the stage where they then went into the wings. How did he do that? Yeah. And now you know. And now you know. <laughs> We speak of the beautiful dove, the dove of stage and screen. Una polona Blanca. Now we go to the ghetto turkey. <laughs> the rat with wings. It, they're nice. And why you should love them. here's a list from it's, it's dodo.com. Ironically. We'll, we'll link it in the show notes. It is not a website <laughs> just about birds. <laughs> we just happen to find.
1: Although dodos were pigeons. Strangely enough,
0: isn't that crazy? Yeah, the the dodo was a large, plump pigeon. Is number twenty of twenty one reasons why you should love and appreciate pigeons. Uh, number one, they're the first birds humans domesticated.
1: Yeah, before chickens.
0: Before chickens, five thousand years ago, some scholars believe the birds were kept by Neolithic man ten thousand years ago.
1: That's like cavemen. You know, they had pigeons.
0: That also may be the first agrarian. That's domestication. I'm, I'm yeah. guessing for food. They're not sending messages. They're no. not doing a magic act.
1: Right. Yeah, it was probably for food. Yeah. <laughs> let Burton in a cave. <laughs> Go, mm, watch this. Nights get boring, you it's know. It's and- gone.
0: Burn him. <laughs> He's a witch. Kill him. Uh, pigeons learn uh, to do backflips. In midair, on their own. They just do them.
1: Yeah, so this is in uh, the movie Silence of the Lambs. Uh, Hannibal Lecter's talking to Clarice and saying, you are a deep roller, Clarice. And a deep roller is a pigeon that'll go almost all the way to the ground rolling and then catch itself. And some are shallow rollers where they'll stop at 100 feet. And supposedly, if you breed two deep rollers together, their offspring will just roll all the way to the ground and hit.
0: And just like putting pigeons in your pocket, we don't recommend breeding (laughs) two deep rollers just to watch them splatter on the ground. Uh, Pigeons have learned to ride the subway. And then I like this little bit of uh, journalism. And are model
1: passengers. (laughs) Yeah, they're very polite.
0: They don't leave six packs of beer laying around. They don't play their boombox smell.
1: You can imagine a pigeon kind of like hanging on to the top of yeah. a subway train downtown. But no, no, no. They're using the subways to get around town. They know the stops.
0: Which, again, I've, I've seen the thing in Russia where dogs are mm-hmm. doing that. But dogs, to me, in my mind at least, are infinitely smarter. Well, As a dog owner, I know how clever he can really be at stuff.
1: If you think of smart, surprised. In terms of senses, like so. All right, so you know, Coupon the dog is here with us. Hi, Coupon. That's what? my dog. Yeah, yeah. Coupon is amazing dog. Coupon can smell things we can't even imagine. Yeah. His whole world is made of smells. Sight is secondary. For pigeons, they can see things we can't imagine. They have five different fields of vision. Uh, yeah, they can and see got polarization. That electromagnetic
0: detector they have thing magnets in, in, the in head. their
1: heads. Um, they
0: live in a completely. So different does my world. uncle, but he doesn't seem to <laughs> navigate on the train very well.
1: So, shrapnel and a magnet in there <laughs> these birds figured out that if they just hang out on the subway they can stay nice and warm and not expend any energy and get downtown where all the people are throwing popcorn to them or whatever that, that by bird
0: logic to, by bird standards to me that is brilliant I'm, is. I'm very impressed that they can do that uh, they also recognize people who are nice to them now uh, i would heard this before about crows Yes, which are remarkably that that family of birds. The name's escaping me now, but that class of birds—ravens, crows—is a few. Yeah. are very, very, very Galiformis.
1: clever. No, that's chickens. I forget. Anyway. They
0: can be trained to pick up cigarette butts in exchange for peanuts, which is mm-hmm. their favorite little snack. Uh, they can drop coins in the slot to get peanuts. That's how the guy trained them. Yeah, they
1: even they will team up and one will chase a squirrel into the road, hoping yes. it gets run over, and then they'll both eat it. You know.
0: Yeah, they drop yeah. things from a height onto the road so it gets run over, mm-hmm. so it'll crack the the nuts. All the to get nuts. At them. That's right. Yeah. 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 I'm surprised to find, and then I knew that that when you go to work with crows, you put a mask on because they'll recognize you and and go after you if you're taking their eggs, even just to weigh them and putting them back. They Mm -hmm. don't like you bothering their young at any stage, nor do I. Uh, Pigeons apparently also have this, and I thought that group of birds was unique among birds. It impresses me to find out that pigeons recognize people who are nice to them, so if you want to take a bag of popcorn and go to the park... Or find out what pigeons can eat. I don't know. Yeah, they like and popcorn. feed the birds. They'll start to recognize you and not me. They'll know the difference right. between a couple of six foot tall brown haired white guys yep. with glasses, and and can tell us apart. That's yep. remarkable.
1: Even if we if we swapped clothes, they could still. Someone's done that test. It isn't the clothes. It it's not, is not the broad stroke. Apparently, it's not that guy's dark. Fences. That guy's light. No, that's right. a woman.
0: That's a male. It's big very big differences. It's Yeah, it, the, the you could not give an accurate description of me and this other bank robber to the cops because <laughs> right. we look too similar. Right, exactly. But the pigeon knows, oh no, that's the guy that gives me popcorn. That guy robbed the bank. <laughs> <laughs> Worst murder mystery night ever. <laughs> yeah. uh, they see the world, you talk about this, in a kaleidoscope, kaleidoscope of colors. Yeah. And there's a link on our, so if you go to the link on the show notes for the list, yeah. in that list, number five, there's a link where it goes to a really cool detailed scientific write-up if you're into that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. On the method and manner with which they interpret the world in those colors. So if you really want to wander down your pigeon rabbit hole,
1: is that a mixed metaphor? (laughs) The pigeon hole? The pigeon hole. No.
0: (laughs) For a few hours, there's a link there. They're the only bird that can suck up water.
1: Yeah, they can form their beak into a type of straw, which doesn't sound like a big deal, except they're the only ones who can do it.
0: We only mention this in case you're at trivia night later tonight.
1: (laughs) Which bird can suck water?
0: Oh, you're going to nail it. Your friends going to be like, why? You're like, weekly curio, guys. Get on that. (laughs) Uh, they have been taught the alphabet. Let me say that again. Pigeons have been taught the alphabet.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Four-year-olds are struggling with it.
1: Oh, they've seen Big Bird do the alphabet. <laughs> but Big Bird was a canary. He wasn't even a pigeon. So. Is
0: that what he was? Yeah, he was a canary. That's yeah. some horrible honey-I-shrunk-the-kids accident. <laughs> yeah. So I learned two things right now. They have the alphabet, and Big Bird's a canary. <laughs> um, they can also do math. Now, okay, we need to dial that down. Number eight is they're also quite capable mathematicians. Well, let's dial that sentence down a little bit.
1: They do calculus. I don't think
0: so. Right. The uh, same math competence as non-human primates. So (laughs) lower order. Yeah. Maybe some addition. Yeah. 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 Same way crows. If five hunters go into a blind and three walk out, Mm -hmm. they will wait Wait for for four or five. So rudimentary counting. And then probably some weird logic. Yeah. I know with piranha, they do a kind of mathematics as well. A large thing goes in the water. They won't bother it very often. Mm-hmm. Small thing. So even they know as a school where we can't take a person, but we could take a small goat.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So rudimentary.
0: Yeah. It's where behavior crosses over into, are they really calculating? It, yeah. It's uh, not... B. of Skinner taught pigeons to play ping pong. Yeah. Which compared to what Lance Burton does is not as impressive now.
1: <laughs> no, Should have put that one similar first. Similar idea though. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, one time in 1918, the final weeks of World War II. You're going to think your podcast just skipped. A group of 194 American soldiers were trapped behind enemy lines and were being fired upon by both advancing German troops as well as their allies who mistake them for enemy forces. That's Uh, mistook, by the way. (laughs) They're in the crossfire. Their only hope of getting word out were several carrier pigeons. Two birds were shot down. A single pigeon named Cher Ami carried the message. And several times he survived back and forth delivering the life-saving note that pigeon, Cher Ami, was awarded the oh. Croix de Guerre, which is delicious, <laughs> for his valor World and honor bestowed upon foreign troops by the French Army. A pigeon saved two hundred U.S. troops and was awarded a medal. In yes. World War how cool is that?
1: Now a couple of things here. It was they sent a bunch of pigeons, but they all got shot down. The enemy knew that these pigeons were actually dangerous and would shoot yes. them down. This pigeon had its leg shut off and had a broken wing or something, but it, it arrived just barely and then it, it died soon after. Sorry, they leave that out of the story, but it's yeah. actually true. They also leave it was delicious. So how a couple they- of details they leave out. <laughs> pigeons are excellent navigators so what they would do is they would you know pigeons have a home this is home and if you take a pigeon away from home and let it go it flies home now if you think of this from a military standpoint the pigeons get call headquarters home the troops take them out and they can tie a little note to their legs and let them go and they fly home with the note and one of these pigeons did that told the allied forces to stop bombing their own troops damn it and thus saved 194 And you people. see
0: this repeated again in Harry Potter, it's not a pigeon, it's owls. Yeah, sure. Game of Thrones, it's a weird three-eyed the ravens, raven. yeah, the It ravens, can never right. be pigeons, they aren't cool
1: enough. <laughs> no, like, no, oh, no. Tie
0: it to the leg of a dragon and send it north for three <laughs> yeah. days. What? But what about the pigeons? Shut up! I'm trying to make a pigeons. movie here. I'm Michael Bay. I need it to explode. <laughs> um, pigeons can be faster than the internet. They can carry a four gigabyte memory stick across a 60-mile course which is more bandwidth than they had at the time.
1: <laughs> yeah, and this was back when ADSL was just getting started.
0: 2009.
1: Was it in 2009? South Africa's oh, yeah,
0: largest web firm and it was quicker. Oh, well, South this is why the guy started Netflix too. Reed Hastings, whatever his mm-hmm. name is. In school, someone pointed out that a load of DVDs on a truck would be more, more data, bandwidth yeah. than the right. internet for a long time and so he did that until it caught up and, and, and yeah. while it may not still, you could put a bunch of Blu-rays on a truck and run them faster than right. I could probably download, say, a truckload of blu-rays from the internet
1: certainly from a short distance
0: Yeah. uh they helped establish the, the agency reuters 1840s like jeff was saying because they can go home they can carry right. news from the front and that's a good way to communicate yeah and reliably if right. no one's shooting at them <laughs> yeah. the the odds of them making it are pretty good uh and then of course you could strap and there's a great picture of this uh number 14 <laughs> if you go if you look in the show notes Uh, A specially developed bird-mounted camera. This pigeon is wearing a jacket with a very small... spike. This is not a modern. This is in 1907. (laughs) A German pharmacist and very bored individual named Julius (laughs) Neubronner developed this camera. Oh, God love these people. I love guys tinkering in their basement. (laughs) You know what I'm going to make tonight, Helga? A camera for my bird. (laughs) Lightweight timer camera rigs strapped into pigeons. But then you got aerial photos yeah. which were rare. You imagine nineteen oh seven. So I'm making fun, but this guy probably made a fortune. Oh yeah. They'd... We're rolling in Luca. No Look at airplanes. The money we've made.
1: They had balloons, but you know, balloons flying over your territory, you're gonna shoot at it. You Aren't might expensive. not even notice a pigeon. And they were expensive. They have kites, yeah.
0: but those are difficult to aim. A pigeon's it... much more stable. You
1: can't like take a balloon out, steer it, and come back home either.
0: It's very cool. Did you know pigeons are monogamous? I did. They make really good parents. Now, that's that's a judgment, but they split <laughs> equally the duty, dividing the responsibility of incubating the eggs so the others have a chance to eat, which is not uncommon, but in birds, yeah. it's, it's not all birds don't do that. Uh, they start their families in the, in the safety of rocky cliff faces, which is why their babies are cute but
1: rarely seen. And it's why they live in cities, because the buildings are the rock faces for them. And that's fact their real name isn't pigeon, it's rock dove.
0: Number 18 is near and dear to my heart. It says, Nikola Tesla loved pigeons, oh, yeah. And he was a genius, but hang on, back the truck up a second. Nikola Tesla was undoubtedly a genius. Nikola Tesla was also a huge weirdo.
1: Loved.
0: Loved, was in love with one pigeon. We're not talking love pigeons like Mike Tyson keeps pigeons, has his entire life. Mm -hmm. He loves pigeons. I generally love pigeons. Sure, I like all animals. Nikola Tesla was in love with a pigeon. Yeah, That's a psychological disorder. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> so I'm it's sweet so. if I love the internet loves Nikola Tesla but you know maybe Michael Faraday next year maybe we could do him instead <laughs> uh, just as a trend we can yeah. learn all kinds of stuff about that guy uh, Marie Curie we only know two things about her in general yeah. maybe the internet could fall in love with her all over again <laughs> uh, Picasso admired pigeons and named his daughter after them which is uh, kind of cool yeah. uh, Paloma which is Spanish for pigeon he yeah. didn't name his daughter pigeon he named
1: his daughter Paloma but if you speak Spanish <laughs> yeah it's pigeon
0: And uh, pigeons are everywhere. So if you want to keep pigeons, if you got a rooftop, you live in the city. Mm -hmm. Like I said, Mike Tyson's done that as a hobby his entire life. Uh, Pigeon coop up on top of a building, not the hardest thing you'll ever do. No. And they're fun little animals if you can deal with cleaning out a mess every now and then. Yeah, they
1: make a mess. But
0: But every animal does.
1: And when you get tired of raising pigeons, you can eat them.
0: From magic to doves, from doves to pigeons, from pigeons to... To frogs. Yeah,
1: it's logical progression.
0: Right, well, flying frogs. Yeah. I should do finger quotes on flying. Flying frogs. Yeah. Like I'm sarcastic. Oh, he's flying. It's a frog that has the ability to achieve gliding flight.
1: Yeah, so the, the definition of that is, imagine you're in a tree, right? And you drop a rock. It goes straight down. So that is 90 degrees. All right. Now, imagine you throw a rock So fast, it actually just goes straight through the air. That's zero degrees. So, in between there, you got 45 degrees. If you're a frog, say, and you want to glide, you have to be less than 45 degrees when you fall. And that's what these guys can do. They can jump, and you would, if you saw it, you'd say they were flying, but they're actually gliding, and they can go at like 20 degrees and go for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of yards in the air. And there are different
0: frogs. So, if you go greater than 45, so if you don't quite glide, you're called parachuting, right? Which is what right. we call falling with style. That's exactly what you're it is. You're not flying yeah. <laughs> if you go less than forty five. Now you're gliding. Yeah, and you can see how evolution would cue this in. Oh sure. You know, monkey climbs the tree. Frog jumps out of the tree. Frog splats on the ground. Frog's okay. Yeah. Monkey can't pull that off.
1: Right. No. Or monkey. person or
0: bear mm. or you insert monkey for whatever. Then, uh, monkey either gets good at bouncing. Or uh, Monkey Has a Friend Down Below, which right. Monkey would pull off. Well, I don't could know if do, Snake yeah. would figure that out, but Monkey would pull that off pretty quick. Yeah. So would Bear. All right, now Frog needs to jump further, and parachuting becomes the thing. Right. But now, Bear just opens its mouth and waits for the treat to drop in.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it looks like Sandy Koufax under a high fly ball to center field, waiting to catch that sucker, calling his shot. So it's an arms race. That's evolution. Right. So and then frog has to up its game.
1: Frog can, like, steer a little bit as it falls, and then the ones who can steer more reproduce more, and then suddenly these things are steering all over the place. They'll do fly rings around the trees or whatever. And now monkey and bear have to get a slingshot. Yeah. And that's where we are now. There's 3,000 different species of flying frogs. So if you're imagining a frog that looks like Batman, Stop. That's not what we're talking about. Imagine a Wait, frog. Wait, continue. That would be awesome. <laughs> but it frog. isn't what we're talking about. No, yeah. And then, oh, man. Now these, these guys, um, so you know frogs have webbed feet. I mean, I think most people know that. They usually Spoiler alert. They usually don't have webbed front feet, but these guys do. They have giant, imagine duck, make it, imagine a frog with four duck feet, because yeah. that's what these guys look like. And each one of those duck feet is a little wing. And so when they jump, they spread them way out. And I'm doing that with my fingers. You can tell because I'm on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then, yeah, they just will, like, raise one arm or lower one arm, just fly to glide with style. And, yeah, and they're amazing. I actually have one now that I found in Bahaba, Maine. And uh, it's this crazy, freaky-looking thing. But, yeah, so frogs can fly. We live in a world... With flying frogs.
0: What's weird though is during my evolutionary story, right? The frog goes from dropping to parachuting to gliding to gliding really well. Yeah, but the monkeys never figured out how to fly.
1: Nope. Well, and that's what uh, this world needs. One. We
0: need flying monkeys.
1: <laughs> some would. Some Wizard of Oz fans might disagree with that. i would just. But,
0: well, okay. We need kindly. We have to dress them up like bellhops. <laughs> we need kindly flying monkeys that eat flying frogs. Just for the Nova documentaries on that. Bum da bum da bum da bum da bum bum da bum da Oh, it'd
1: be such a good soundtrack. Now we do have flying dragons also. I, I was able to pick up a flying dragon as well. So these things are a little weird too. If you imagine a imagine a lizard, you've all seen a lizard. Now, imagine that lizard has amazing rib bones. And these rib bones actually stretch the skin out on the sides. We need a sound effect. <laughs> and then Those Those stretched ribs become wings and these guys do the same thing. They jump and they (laughs) manipulate their rib bones to actually fly a little bit, but I think the frogs fly better.
0: Once again, we thank you very kindly for downloading and listening to the weekly curio podcast. Again, we beg you to tell a friend, tell an enemy. If you didn't like the show, particularly (laughs) tell your enemies Uh, until next week. Uh, I am the
1: Whip Theater's Tom Britton. And I'm College of Curiosities Jeff Wagg. And the answer to this week's puzzle, Blackstone here's the News takes a pause, looks at his audience and says, ladies and gentlemen, my next act is so large and so amazing that it cannot be held within the confines of a mere theater. I need you all to row by row, very orderly exit to the outside of the building where this amazing illusion will be revealed to all. And he personally led them all out row by row until they were all outside and could see that the building next door was on fire, and that he had just potentially saved all their lives. One of the greatest acts ever performed by a performer. Ta-da!